This is CJ Standall, creator of Rebirth of the Gangster, and you're listening to this freaking show. Everybody, I am Travis. And I'm Cartoon Joe. And welcome to another episode of this freaking show. It is the weekly podcast with a little bit of something and a whole lot of nothing. The same weekly podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. If you're like me and you're a huge fan of stories, but you're just not a huge fan of reading them, Audible is the best place for you to go. You can uh, download thousands of books and you can just have to listen to them. You don't have to read them. And they're available to you. And as a gift from us, it's available for 30 free days if you go to audibletrial.com backslash freaknet right now. Sign up, get a 30-day free trial. And as a bonus from Audible, you get a tiny little token. With that tiny little token, you get a free book that you can download. And you can keep. And you can listen to it during your 30-day free trial. Again, go to audibletrial.com backslash freaknet right now to get your 30-day free trial of Audible. This freaking show is also brought to you by WeAreDapperTies.com. If you want a high-quality knit tie for the low price of just $15, head on over to WeAreDapperTies.com and pick one up today. Be sure to use the discount code FREAKIN, that's F-R-A-K-I-N, to get free shipping on your order. That's right, a high-quality knit tie at the low price of just $15 and free shipping if you head on over there and use the discount code FREAKIN, that's F-R-E-A-K-I-N, at WeAreDapperTies.com. Joey, I'd ask you how you're doing, but uh, I kind of have an idea how you're feeling right now. Frustrated. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, how it's are you weird. doing? I, you know, I'm doing good. I'm a lot better than you are, I, I guess, man. It's weird to think that, you know, like this technology is supposed to be here to make our lives easier and more beneficial. And there you are, the sweetest guy I know. Just, just raging. Yep. Can you hear that fan if I turn it on? I don't know. Were you blown into the mic while the fan was running? No. Do it one more time. Let's find out. Go ahead and turn the fan on. I got the fan on right now. No, you sound good. Yeah, I hear, I hear oh, a little bit. That makes it better. I hear a little bit in the background, <laughs> but I really don't give a shit because I know when it comes to being hot, it sucks. So, it does. Right? That's half of my bad mood right there. Not going to yeah. lie. Yeah, and besides, you know, I'm so used to hearing Colin's mouth breathing during the show. It's no different. Right? Yep. <laughs> I and feel I bad. Listen. We shouldn't keep dragging right. him. <laughs> it's not like he listens to the show anyways. Right? He's got a fucking technical. Like, oh, I hear you talking to me on the show. I'm like, you want to come back on and defend yourself? What the, f- what the hell, Travis? Right? What the fuck, man? Nah, Colin's a good guy. I miss Colin. He is. Colin- Colin, I do too. What's up? I said I do too. I was just agreeing. Yeah. Colin, if you're listening to this, <coughs> miss you, buddy. <laughs> uh, Joe, uh, I know, right? Joe, we are just um, four weeks away from the season finale, season three finale of this freaking show. Indeed, we are. Right? 
huge milestone. Uh, season four is going to be starting up here in September, and I'm super excited. And the biggest thing I'm excited about is over the weekend, I had an opportunity to go up to Fire Pit Bar and Grill of Piaton and listen to Ripley Street play, which they play there at least once a year, sometimes twice if I'm lucky. And I got to talk to Kenny, the lead singer of uh, uh, Ripley Street, and we're talking about him coming on the show because he was supposed to be on the show during season three because if you guys uh, don't remember, Ripley Street uh, are the ones who uh, they uh, uh, performed a song that we use as a theme song for season three, which is absolutely cool. And we, I don't think we thank them enough for that. So I'll do it right now. Thank you guys for allowing us to use your song for season three. But I was talking to him about coming on the show and everything. We're definitely going to have him on in season four. I don't know when. Uh, hopefully sooner rather than later in season four. But he was also talking with me about some new music that they're releasing, which I'm not sure if it's bad to say or not. But, I mean, guys in their upwards of mid to high 50s still releasing fucking original music is absolutely fucking incredible. But he has some new music he wants me to listen to and not only listen to, possibly choose for a new theme song for this freaking show. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's really cool that they're they're doing that. It's awesome when we get like people in the uh, communities or anything like that, the podcast community or our local communities who are willing to help out uh, the podcast like the way they are. I mean, they they don't charge us anything for using their songs. They're just happy that we're you know getting it out there for them and everything and promoting it. So we appreciate that from them. Um, hopefully, we don't get any ideas and getting into our royalties things because I I won't do it. Right, <laughs> but, but Travis, you got well, no money. <laughs> Right. How many royalties would we even own them? Like half a penny per... I'll buy him a beer next time I see him. Right. (laughs) One beer the band can share. Right. Just uh, everyone everyone (laughs) drink from each, you know, different sides of the bottle. Just wipe the top off of it. We're good. But we did mention last week, the original plan for today's episode was to uh, do a kind of a conspiracy theory episode. But instead, we got a... we got in contact with uh, an old um, guest who wants to come back on the show. So we're going to be doing that tonight, so I'm super excited for that. If you guys don't know who I'm talking about, I guess we could just tell you. I mean, it doesn't have to be some fucking surprise, right? Right. Right. So uh, if you guys remember CJ Standall, who's been on the show uh, at least two times, maybe three times. Uh, it's been a while since he's been on, so it's really hard to kind of like keep track of how many times our guests have been back and everything. But CJ's supposed to be on tonight. We're going to talk about some of the uh, upcoming, um, I, I don't even know what to call them. Like, they're not episodes, but like series. Issues. Or, uh, issues uh, being released in the Rebirth of a Gangster Saga. So we're going to sit down and talk with him about it. He sent us a copy ahead of time. And, uh, you know, and it, it's easier for you guys to hear the description and everything of the comic from the creator to get their mindset and what was going into creating it than... Me or Joe assuming what's supposed to be happening there. But they're really cool. Uh, the drawings and the writing and everything are amazing. So I'm excited for that. Um, Joe, before we get a hold of him, before we get him on and everything, um, anything new and exciting with you you want to share with the uh, with the Freak Nation out there? Um, no, not in particular. I, uh, I'm excited to have uh, CJ on the show. Um, I feel really bad during the hiatus. I kind of ghosted him. So... I'm glad that we can finally have him on. Glad yeah. he finally reached out <laughs> again. So looking forward to to chatting with that fellow again. Yeah, yeah, and I'm hoping that uh, I don't 
I don't lie and shit like I seem to do a few times with having guests and everything. So we're going to get a hold of him and uh, see if he's ready to come on to talk about Rebirth of a Gangster. Um, I guess one thing we can mention is uh, we did get a chance to get together uh, this past weekend for the christening of uh, the little niece. We did. Yeah. So uh, good little service, I thought. I, if I may say so myself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you fucking crushed it, bro. It was awesome. Oh, thank you. Yeah, right. I thought it, it went well. She was uh, she was an angel the whole way through. I, I've rarely seen so little fuss out of a child that size. I think I think the whole thing is uh, she's so sheltered and new. Everything like wow and amazes her. Mm-hmm. Not only that, I think the best. You should have thought of... to uh, to. Hmm. Hmm. What's the best part? Oh, the fact that Sam didn't know Chicago had a rat problem. Oh yeah. Yeah. God. New <laughs> new godmother Sam didn't realize Chicago had a rat problem. Oh my gosh. Hilarious. <laughs> but were you you were Just, gonna say something. Uh, if you wouldn't know what Oh I was I was saying uh while she's still young and impressed by things, I should have sh- shown off that big rose window. It's my favorite part of our whole church. Not that she probably could have seen it with her newborn eyes. <laughs> I know she's hardly a newborn anymore, but still. I was I was waiting after you, uh, you you put the um you put the oil on her forehead. I was waiting for you to uh fucking um Simba her overhead oh. to everybody. I was waiting for the single life thing where we all bow down and you're fucking rafikiing the shit out of her. <laughs> right. I thought about that, but uh uh when I told Maddie how small Nixon was I, uh, she said, just hold her in the crook of your arm. Don't, don't try to lift her up. And I was like, yeah, that's probably makes sense. Probably a good choice. In the circle. Right. I mean, I was, I was right. Really, I mean, I yeah. was, I was so focused on it, but awesome right. thing is, uh, CJ is on CJ is available. So, uh, uh, cartoon Joe, if, um, if you're already in good, I think we'll, uh, have him hop on right. and, uh, talk a little bit about rebirth of a gangster. Bring him on. Right. Cool guys. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck. Oh my god. What do I, I did I press buttons? How the fuck is this working? Oh my god. Joe, what did I do? I don't know. Joe, I don't want to press. Oh my god. I don't know what I did here. Joe. I, I don't know what you did either. I don't know. What? I don't know. Fucking know. It's like I, I pressed something. Ladies and gentlemen, I fucking pressed something. Share screen. I don't know what the fuck is that. I don't know how I did here. <laughs> I don't know either. All I all I see is the the regular old screen with your avatar on it yeah um oh god i don't know what to fucking do here joe what'd you do i don't even know i don't know i pressed a button oh i think it's freezing up i think that's what the hell it's doing oh that sounds like skype that's the skype i know okay it gives me like three four four different x's (laughs) And I fear if I press any of them, it's going to close this shit out. <laughs> hey, you know, I don't want to uh, jinx anything or, or take the easy way out, but I could do this tomorrow. <laughs> oh, wait. I think I fixed uh, it. Wait, hold on. Oh, it's still recording. So, okay, guys. Well, thank you for participating through that panic attack I just had. So uh, let's go ahead and dive into our interview with uh, CJ. 
right, CJ, thank you so much for being back with us here on this freaking show to talk about Rebirth of a Gangster. Thanks again for having me, guys. It's been too long. Uh, I'm glad we could make it happen. Right? And that's the weirdest Mm -hmm. thing, too, is like, you know, I... um, as you know, I mentioned with Joe and I mentioned with a lot of the guests that we've had on recent, it's weird to think that it's been so long since we've had you on, but because of the hiatus, the show went on for like eight months. Right. It's still the same season. It just had me over a year ago. So it's, yes. so it's, it's crazy to think that like, it's like, you know, like CJ has been on like almost a year and a half, but at the same time, it's the same exact season, but it's just because of that big gap that like we took off. But um, you yeah, sent us... Yeah. So uh, obviously the listeners uh, who have been around and everything know who you are. You you created the comic Rebirth of a Gangster. But for the newer uh, listeners and everything or ones who may have not heard your recent interviews or sit downs with us, you want to give uh, the guys uh, like our listeners a quick rundown of what uh, Rebirth of a Gangster is and how you kind of came up with the idea of it. Sure. So it's it's essentially about six seeming strangers who are actually connected to each other through a decades-old unsolved murder and then a revenge scheme stemming from that murder. Um, and so each chapter follows, kind of more intently follows w- one of those characters um, in each act. Each act is six chapters or six issues, and we've had two acts so far. Essentially, the first one was kind of introducing all the characters, uh, getting them together, and kind of starting to see the revenge scheme just start. Uh, the second one is where we kind of up the action. There was a car chase. There's been some death stuff like that. And so the, the third one, which is what I'm kind of in the middle of, that's really where we start to see Marcus and Hunter, the two, two of pretty much the three main characters. I, I guess I consider Lorena the other main character. Um, they're kind of the, uh, starting to realize what's going on with each other, and we're going to start seeing some power plays between them um, that might throw a little wrench in Hunter's revenge scheme. Um, and the revenge scheme stems essentially from the death of Hunter's dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the coolest thing was, um, I mean, you're, you're still working with Juan, which uh, is awesome. How how's that been going uh, as far as uh, the creation of these comics and everything? Yeah, it's going overall really well. Um, I mean, you guys had mentioned your own hiatus. I think we didn't necessarily take a hiatus, but the second half or the the last third of the of act two uh we juan was kind of going a little bit slower on the artwork so that was something i i guess i was a little frustrated with but to be fair he's doing really the he's shouldering the majority of the workload so i can't really say say too much about it um that being said though i have kind of talked to him and we're speeding up for act three um partly just because i want to go faster in general but also uh, this year, I went to MSP SpringCon, Minneapolis-St. Paul SpringCon, in the mm-hmm. spring, uh, which was right after Act 2 came out. And I've heard that they uh, – uh, it's one of those cons where you don't buy a table. It's a con where you kind of – you apply, and then they decide whether to have you table there or not, to accept you or not. And I've heard that if we have something new out, they're more likely to accept accept uh, the creator. So I'm hoping to get the third one done in time to apply for that and get there next year too. Um, and we do seem to be more on pace for that. Sweet yeah. action. Yeah. That's a, so um, you men, you mentioned that you're into the the third. Um, I'm sorry. What what did you call it? It was the third. I call act. it third act, third trade paperback. Um, but I, I I guess it's that's maybe like the literary English teacher, former English teacher snob. I guess it's been a while. I just mm-hmm. uh, haven't updated <laughs> you guys that I'm getting out of teaching. Uh, my, my my last oh. year of teaching ended this uh, June. Um, but I guess it's that literary snob in me that I like dividing it into acts. And um, I guess that's also to try to indicate that 
it's going to be shorter. It's not going to be like a 10 volume or 10 trade series. It's just those going to be the four acts and then we're done. Um, okay. So you only got one more act after this and then that's the completion of the story. Yep. Yep. Oh, wow. Now uh, you mentioned that you're leaving teaching. Does that mean you're going to be focused on the comic full time or just a new adventure? Or... Uh, it's more a new adventure. I just, uh, as much as I, I think I can like be engaging and sociable and stuff like that, yeah. but I am an introvert. And so teaching kind of drained me too much so that I'd get home. Really, my, my girlfriend has the exact opposite type job. She'd get home and she'd want to talk and do a bunch of stuff. And I'd be like, I just want to like veg out, watch TV, kind of relax. Um, yeah. My friends in when September rolled around, they'd be like, all right, we'll see you in August or no, not in August. We'll <laughs> see you in June at the end of the school year. Mm-hmm, um, right. So just... I liked teaching, but the changes in general or, you know, across the nation, but specifically in Wisconsin over the last five years or so really kind of started beating me down too. So I just realized in order to kind of, I guess, have better work-life balance and I think just feel like I had more, uh, 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 feel like I had more energy and time to devote to actually writing, not that that's um, my main job, but I feel like teaching freed up time for me to like clear my mental space focus a little more on writing um, while I still did um, switch jobs. I'm just now in a QA job at Epic Systems, the healthcare corp, the healthcare gotcha. um, software oh. company. Oh, that's so interesting. Sorry. My, mm-hmm. my wife just got out of teaching uh, about a year ago and she uh, uh, she's now also in a hospital system. <laughs> so it's just yeah, weird. And it, and for the exact same reasons, yeah, she's tired of weird. working a hundred hours a week at school and then, you know, 15, 30 hours a week at home. Yeah. And and even you know. if I wasn't working at home and I'm sure your wife had the same thing, like I'd be thinking about it a lot. And so it just mm-hmm. took up a lot of mental space. And I realized that if I'm going to have stuff taken up mental space I'd, at home, I'd rather it be like life stuff with like my family, friends, girlfriend, mm-hmm. or more mm-hmm. mental space for my writing. For sure. Yeah. She took her first sick day for this new job on Friday and she was like, I don't have to think about lesson plans. Yeah, that's super nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Writing sub plans and then knowing mm-hmm. you're going to come back and it's, they're not really going to be followed was always kind of hectic right. and stressful. Yep. For sure. Cool. Um, to kind of ask you about, uh, about your writing process and how uh, you create these stories and these ideas for Rebirth or Gangster or any future uh, product you may have. Um, I I too I'm trying to write uh, I'm trying to write a uh, a book of my own. Sure. And uh, I, I kind of want I want to get your uh, your advice because I've heard uh, I've heard there's two different ways that a writer goes about uh, creating uh, his novel or his comic or anything like that. And uh, you could tell me if I'm completely wrong because I'm just going by uh, way, uh, the way I've heard. Is there some people who create a story from beginning to end? But then I also hear there's ways where people actually create the uh, the ending of the book and work their way backwards. So kind of like. Uh, give a plot line and then what happens next compared to yeah. people who give you a finale and then wonder, okay, why did that happen? Well, it's because of this. Well, why did that happen? And so on and so forth. So do you find yourself like more of a beginning to end guy or creating the ending and uh, building from the beginning on it? Um, I typically, at least with Rebirth of the Gangster, I mean, first mm-hmm. off, I just kind of brainstormed a bunch of ideas that yeah. weren't really linear necessarily. And then I looked at those and then I really kind of, focused first on the beginning, then on the ending. And then I tried to kind of, I guess, bridge those two things by focusing on the middle in between there. Um, I do think it varies a little by project. Um, so some some other exciting news is that I, I'm, I'm writing a 
uh, series Beowulf. It's a modern day mashup of Beowulf and HP Lovecraft horror. Um, and Marcosia oh, picked that up for uh, Marcosia. Uh, I don't know if you guys know them, but they're like a smaller publisher in the UK. Um, I think their claim to fame is like they have the Starship Troopers license um, to print to make those comics, but they picked it up. Um, I'm working with Jam Ringway, who has had a little success. He worked on Transhuman with uh, Jonathan Hickman, which I think is optioned by Amazon or something. Um, but that one, um, essentially, I wanted to do something very different for, with Rebirth the Gangster. I wanted it to be more like episodic, more self-contained. Yeah, there's going to be like a running uh, B-plot that's going through the whole series, but I really just focused on, all right, the first 48 pages, I'm only going to focus on that. Um, and I wrote that, outlined it, wrote that script. And then once I was done with that script, then I started thinking about, okay, where is this going? Um, and I kind of, in that one, I worked way more linear, linearly. Okay. Uh, the first story, like the origin, the prologue, that's a 48 page issue. Then I was going to do about a hundred page act, first act to another hundred page, second act, and then a hundred page third act. So, um, I kind of just went straight from the prologue to the act one to act two to act three. Um, I think it varies on the project. I'm also writing this other, this book that it's called mapping Mythland. It's, um, I guess an homage to my love of fantasy and specifically books like, uh, the Chronicles of Narnia and stuff like that. Um, and that one, I actually just started writing without any outlining anything like that. And I got about maybe eight chapters in, and then I kind of went back tweak some things started outlining a little bit ahead of time but not i didn't get to the end um really um until um i was probably about halfway or two-thirds of the way through the the book i started outlining in the end and i'm not quite i'm pretty much about two-thirds of the way through the book but so i think it kind of varies the project um and also comfort level i think with rebirth of the gangster since it was my first one i really wanted yeah. that that comfort of I'm going to outline the whole thing. And I do think um, the beginning and end is what people tend to, to talk about the most in terms of any sort of narrative that I think they call it like the primacy and recency effect if we're trying to be psychological. Um, but I think that's what's beginning and end. The first and last thing is what stands out in people's minds. So I really wanted to do that, but I also wanted to outline the whole thing. Beowulf, I wanted a little little more freedom, but I still was doing a little outlining. And then this book that I'm writing on I, or working on, I just really wanted to kind of just have a little more freedom. And I think maybe because fantasy probably is my main genre um, of choice, my like going back to when I was a kid, my love, I think it was easier just to kind of jump into it and things fell into place a little bit easier. So I think, yeah, so I think, I, I think early on it helps to outline um, and start with kind of beginning and ending. But I think then after that, after you got a little more practice, it, I think it's just dependent on the project and kind of on what stage you're at. Gotcha. So did you, did you know how the ending of Rebirth of the Gangster was going to happen when you came up with the idea before you wrote any of the stuff in between then? Yeah. Um, so yeah, when I was brainstorming ideas, like the, the beginning and the ending were the first things that I brainstormed and the middle was really kind of, I think the brain, the middle was where I brainstormed a bunch of stuff and probably, yeah. I guess, filtered out the most. I think the, the beginning and the ending are the ones that are, I brainstormed a lot and yeah, maybe a little bit got changed, but those, mm -hmm. at least the beginning definitely stayed very close and the ending so far is looking like it's going to be really close to what I originally envisioned. I do know I'm tweaking it a little bit, but that, I mean, that happens um, just as I got to know the characters more and as kind of the middle has shifted a little bit in terms of the way I'm pacing it and some of the events that happen. I know that it's going to yeah. tweak the ending a little bit, but the, I'm going to still hit the main beats that I that I brainstormed before even yeah. writing issue one. Yeah, and, and one of the cool things, uh, especially that I've noticed, especially uh, 
Wow, I don't know why I said especially so many times. Holy shit. Uh, <laughs> I do that too. Uh, right? Well, the one thing I noticed uh, when it comes to your series is all the characters are different characters, different backgrounds. Like you said, that they are bound together uh, based on one murder. Um, so when you when you think of like these characters that you have, and you do have a lot of them, uh, but as well as like kind of their background, who they are, and like what they're going through, do you pull that from like um, somebody you know from like a personal experience, or like you know something like you like is any of your plot line like a current event thing to make people relate to what's really happened in the world, or do you try to refrain from what's really happened and make uh, Rebirth of a Gangster and the plot line completely different than you know what? To try to keep it unrelatable, but at the same time relatable. I don't know if I phrased that correctly. I, I see what you're saying. Um, I think it kind of, it's a blend <laughs> of a lot of different approaches. Um, there are some definitely really current events stuff. Um, Linda suffers from an opioid addiction. Yeah. Um, Lorena, I guess her her dad was taken away by ISIS, but which obviously has now transformed into ice. So there are kind of things that make it, that do connect it to a specific time and place. Um but I do hope I do think try to also kind of balance that with trying to make things more universal, things that like aren't necessarily tied just to a specific time and place. I think Marcus's issues of dealing with his parents and feeling like they're forcing a life on him, um, and that he wants to uh, he's not into that life, especially the the focus on image and like being, I guess, um, the best representation for minorities and just for his family. He's like, I think that's something a lot of people can relate to regardless of whether it's now 50 years ago, 50 years from now, that type of thing. Um, Lorena struggles with that work-life balance. So that's a little bit stemming from my own um, experience. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. Although specifically the, the, the instance about her, her dad being t- taken uh, back to Mexico, deported. Um, that's actually right from one of my former students lives um and i saw the impact that it had on her so so there's a lot of i guess like each character probably has a little bit of me in it um along with characters i've met through or people i've met through college through teaching and then i also just probably take a little bit of cues from uh some typical genre fiction i mean that struggle that i mentioned about marcus of like family legacy is very heavily influenced by the godfather um Uh, I would say, like, Hunter as a character is heavily influenced by Iago from Othello. Um, and so so I kind of mix in a lot of these, uh, yeah, different influences and then try to either use my own personal experience or people I know to try to maybe combine with those, I guess, more literary or those filmic um, and or uh, comics or other TV influences so that it kind of hopefully comes off, again, as, like, more unique and still realistic Um and that again, balance of universal and uh, timely too. Gotcha. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, yeah. and there is there is that that idea that the more specific you can get, the more universal it is, right? Yep. And so it, I think that's really a, a a thing, a theme that is has been pervasive throughout everything that you've produced. Thank you. Yeah, and that's um, I, I haven't mentioned in this interview, maybe in a past one, I've mentioned that the wire is a huge um, inspiration for me. Partly, mm-hmm. I guess that. The Wire has that huge cast of characters. Um, it tries to make all of them feel like a protagonist, essentially, even if they're the drug dealers. There are some redeeming aspects to them. Even if they're cops, there are definitely um, some awful aspects to them. And so uh, I think part of it stems from the – like my that approach stems from The Wire. And I know David Simon, the creator of The Wire and um, the show in the late 90s, Homicide Life on the Street, he did make a big point of um, – 
in The Wire and in Homicide, Life on the Street, that they wanted to do things that were very specifically Baltimore. Um, and the more Baltimore they got, the more universal they got through that. Um, and so that's something I think I've tr- internalized a little bit myself. There are even things like um, Cooper's Tavern's the name of a bar in Wisconsin, in Madison, and that's, I think, featured in the second issue. So I try to every now and then plant these little these little um, things that add that specificity and add that locale. Awesome. Now, uh, you sure. sent us uh, Act 3, correct? Sorry, say it again? Act 3, that's the one you sent us. That's one that uh, we uh, had the privilege of reading. So you, I sent you Act 2 and the like the first, about the first half of Act 3. Okay. Um, so yeah, the, the, the Act 2, I sent you a PDF of just of Act 2 and then I think PDFs okay. of the first two or three issues of Act 3. Gotcha. Uh, and when is Act 3 supposed to be released? Uh, so... Again, the hope is that it's going to be released at the beginning of 2020. Okay. Uh, sometime with with schedules of artists, with yeah. stuff like that, you can never be completely sure. Um, so yeah, I sent you actually Act Two is six through or seven through twelve, mm-hmm. and then I think I sent you thirteen and fourteen issues. Thirteen and fourteen yeah. um, mm-hmm. were halfway through fifteen. Um, in terms of finished pages, and then the second half of issue 15, Juan sent me some like layouts of those pages. So I would guess in probably two weeks, we're going to be done with issue 15, and that's going to be halfway through Act 3. So then the hope is again, yeah, January or February of 2020. Um, that's the hope. So so the important thing is like our listeners have the opportunity to get through Act 1 and 2 in time for Act 3 to be released. Yes, definitely. Same, right? Right. <laughs> Right. Ideally, it'd be released around holiday time, but that might be stretching it. That might be pushing it. Oh, you're just picking our holidays, like pick up Act 3, perfect Valentine's Day gift. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it also does, sometimes the early, I guess the late winter, early spring also does help with um, free comic book day, because then I can go to a bunch of comic stores um, and sign there and then kind of, I guess, peddle my wares. But um, I've got an... A, I've gone to comic stores to sign and sell in general, and I've gone on free comic book day, and that's, I guess, like the biggest comic holiday there is. And um, I definitely do better business and just make better connections um, when I go on like days like those. So, right. so even if I can't get it for winter holidays, something in the spring works too. Yeah. Well, the best thing is uh, if, if for some reason you decide to release it uh, at the beginning of 2020, if that is the uh, the uh, time frame. C2E2 is at the end of uh, February, beginning of March. That'd be yep. a perfect time to release it. You know, come down to Chicago and <laughs> it would be yeah. do a big reveal and everything. I'll, I'll I'll stand in front of your table and yell shit, man. <laughs> Thanks. <for> yeah, I <laughs> thought about doing that because that Act 2 released about right about C2E2 time, mm-hmm. but um, I hadn't got the tickets just because I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Yeah. And also, um, before that MSP con, I really haven't been to many bigger cons. Um I mainly stuck with uh, Mighty Con, in, Mighty Cons in Wisconsin and Illinois, um, and those are smaller. Which definitely, at least starting off, were really, I think, the right move, just because I stood out more. I guess um, I write about this actually a little bit in an article for Graphic Policy when I reflect on my con experiences. But it's kind of like in those, I'm like a big fish in a small pond, and at least the first couple of big cons, I feel more like a small fish in a in a big pond kind of thing. And um, oh, sure. so, so at least early on, that was kind of um, the approach I had, I do think as I get bigger, more established, and as uh, things like Beowulf come out from an actual publisher, um, 
uh, with a, a more well-known artist. Not I'm not trying to like diss Juan because he's obviously incredible, but I don't I don't think pe- as many people would know him as um, an artist who worked with Jonathan Hickman. Um, right. So, but yeah, I think as that I, that momentum gains, I want to do more and more big cons like C2E2. I gotcha. Well, why don't you tell our listeners where they can pick up uh, their copies of uh, Rebirth of a Gangster? Sure. So um, digital copies are always available on Comixology. Uh, and then digital and print copies are available on Amazon.com. Um, if you would rather support, I guess, a smaller business um, rather than Amazon, uh, you can go to Ingram Spark, I-N-G-R-A-M-S-P-A-R-K.com, uh, and then you can order it that way. Those are the uh, Ingram Sparks is my second distributor. I have Amazon as, as one distributor, and Ingram Spark is another. Uh, I got that second one just because. Like bookstores and libraries are more likely to buy from Ingram Spark than Amazon, since Ingram Spark yeah. isn't putting bookstores and libraries out of business. But um, so any of those places, you can also just go to cjstandleproductions.com, and there is a tab that says comics on Amazon, etc. And that tab will take in on that tab there are links to all of the print and digital versions, whether it's on Amazon, Ingram Spark, um, or Comicsology. I gotcha. Right and. And awesome. And before before we say goodbyes, why don't you uh, let our listeners also know where they can find you on social media? Sure. So um, I am on Facebook, CJ Standel. You They can also follow me on Instagram or Twitter at CJ underscore Standel. Um, so those are kind of the big ones. Awesome, man. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming back on. Uh, it's been way too long, but hopefully we get you back on. Uh, at the beginning of 2020 to talk about the release of Act 3. And, yep, and uh, maybe Beowulf by that time, too, hopefully. Yeah, because mm-hmm. anytime you want to talk about any of the uh, uh, books, novels, comics, anything that you're working on, just let us know. We'll be happy to have you back on and talk about them. Definitely. Yeah, I love, love being on the show with you guys. I really appreciate it. And, yeah, it's definitely going to have to happen much sooner than uh, the, the most recent uh, <laughs> time frame happened trust me yeah i'm gonna make sure joe doesn't do this again so <laughs> <laughs> but uh thanks cj i appreciate it yeah me too thanks a lot have a good one guys you too yeah guys so uh make sure you uh support cj standall and uh buy some fucking issues of uh rebirth of a gangster mm-hmm. it's good stuff it is it is and, and the artwork is amazing like you said, I mean, he has a lot of high praise for uh, Juan and what he should because he does great work and CJ's writing is amazing. And it's, you know, it's like, it's, it's like when I mentioned, you know, I want to write a book myself, dude. I can't even get the first fucking sentence started. Mm, that's the hardest part. Right. And this guy's writing like six different things at once, fucking crushing it. Good for you, CJ. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. But um, I got a card for you. <clears throat> Uh, excuse me. Uh, Joe, what are you all freaking thinking about? Um, honestly, I'm freaking thinking about this now. Uh, great, great comic book. Always good to talk to him. Um, really looking forward to uh, uh, diving back into this story that I've, I've loved for a couple of years now. So that, and then, of course, uh, the christening this weekend. First time I've ever done that, so that was a cool thing as well. So. Yeah. I gotta oh, say, I'm, top I'm, two. I'm slightly disappointed that not more people uh, joined in in the sing-alongs. Mm-hmm. Eh. Yeah, I tried to pick. I tried to pick familiar songs, but there's, there's no guarantees. Yeah. Well, I know my mom definitely wasn't gonna sing. Um, I thought maybe Alan and uh, would get involved. I know Dad wouldn't, but um, 
That's uh, that's okay. But it was yep. it was good. It was it was a good uh, it was it was a good christening. You really crushed it, man. Oh, uh, let you. me tell you, let me tell you what I'm freaking thinking about. Yeah, please do. So, I'm creating a you know I I got this journal thing that um the freaking journey that I keep constantly, um, you know saying that oh I'm gonna get back into it and I'm gonna commit to it and apparently I keep falling through with it. I mean it's, it goes to show because I haven't posted anything in like a month. And the biggest problem I have is like I don't feel that I have enough to really um, to write about. So mm-hmm. I figured what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna kind of like revamp the whole concept of it. And what I'm gonna do is I'm not I'm not only gonna use it as like a journal entry for you know the journey itself, but I'm also gonna use it as like a log on what I've been doing, which is what I should have been done been doing to begin with. So. I'm gonna do it once a week, and it's gonna. I'm gonna log, you know, my 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 starting weight, my goal weight, um, my current weight, the differences, and all that stuff. So my overall goal, and one of the biggest things that I want to start doing, and I need to start doing, is DDP yoga. And I've talked about it so many fucking times, and I know it fucking works, and I really gotta to commit to it. But I figured it out. I did the math. DDP yoga has three different levels of intensity: to beginner, uh, intermediate, advanced, and they're 13 weeks apiece. So mm-hmm. if I start this week um, and I take out the week of Thanksgiving and I take out the week of Christmas, New Year's and stuff like that, um, ending the 39 weeks of uh, uh, DDP yoga will put me right at my 31st birthday. So my overall goal now in my journey is to lose two and a half pounds a week from now mm-hmm. until my birthday. It's going to give me 100 pounds uh, dropped. Damn. Like, yeah. So that's my goal. Two and a half pounds a week, which is completely fucking doable as long as I maintain my dieting and I commit to DDP yoga. So I'm going to use the uh, uh, this freaking journey uh, journal entry uh, thing as more like a log to keep track of like, you know, new foods I make. Um, if I fall off, you know, like I, you know, sometimes do to keep that on there and accountable. But also the biggest thing is to maintain weight and maybe even measurements if I do that, too. Because WordPress is a very, um, very big tool in my dieting that I think uh, helped me succeed so much last year to where I'm falling off now. So uh, that's what I can I'm see thinking. that. Yeah, so that's what I'm freaking thinking about. I was like, I just I need to utilize that uh, journey journal that uh, I created for myself and actually fucking commit to it. For sure. Yeah. Well, and and there's definitely a community of people who are. Uh very supportive and uh, very interested in following along with your story. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And I, and I do appreciate everyone out there who, who reads it, who's part of it. Uh, it does mean a lot to me. And uh, I really want to get back out there and inspire people. Cause I think I, I, I've been told I've inspired some people, so I'm going to get back and doing that. But, uh, Hey Joe. Yeah. Every week our listeners could catch cartoon Joe right here on this freaking show. But if, one uh, if one episode of uh, podcasting of Cartoon Joe just isn't enough in a one week time for people, and they need to get more geek, uh, Cartoon Joe, where can they go? If you need more Cartoon Joe, you can find me over the Geekcast Live podcast at gcl.ninja. You can also find us on Facebook, iTunes, Google Play, and Twitter by searching Geekcast Live. Man. Guys, as we mentioned, we are four weeks away from the season finale of this freaking show, and. For the season finale, Cartoon Joe and I are going to open up the uh, podcast to a Q&A and ask us anything format uh, for you guys to ask us anything you want. Uh, ask us our opinions about our personal lives, if we have any uh, you know, suggestions for things, how we feel about things. Just Literally, other than asking for my social security number, 
um, or where I live. I mean, the, the platform's open for you guys to ask us anything. And I'll, I'll ask the embarrassing shit. I don't give a fuck. I'm, I'm like that. Um, but if you go to our Facebook, you follow us on Facebook at This Freaking Show, uh, and go to the pinned comment at the top of our Facebook page, there's a uh, there's a uh, little post there that talks about the season finale and the questions and everything. Leave a question in the comments below. We've already gotten uh, Joe, you, but you didn't even mention we got some uh, we got some decent questions uh, so far. We really do. Yeah, so make sure you guys get involved in it. You know, it's your it's your chance to ask us anything. You know, and you know this is out to friends, to family, to people we never met who are fans of the show. Uh, if for some reason you feel there's a question that may be personal, but you want some advice on, whether it comes to like relationship advice and stuff like that, which Jerry, uh, not Jerry, fucking Joe is uh, uh, currently living the uh, is it a four year wedding or four year marriage now, Joe? The four years, mm-hmm. five? Yes, four it years. Is. Yep. So, so, yeah, so Joey's crushing a marriage, going on four years strong right now. Um, I've had relationships at some point in my life. Um, we we have we have suggestions and we have uh, views and stuff on how we feel. Uh, you know, a relationship works. So if you want to ask us anything, again, if it's personal, just message us. We'll keep it anonymous. If it's public, you don't give a fuck. Just comment below, and uh, we'll get to your question and we will answer it in our season finale. So, mm-hmm. uh, if you haven't had a chance yet, go over to T Public. And uh, check out our merchandise, like the new Cartoon Joe shirt that got released a couple weeks ago, which is available at tpublic.com. Just by searching TFS, you'll find uh, this freaking show logos, as well as Cartoon Joe shirt, uh, the Follow Your Star Wars shirt, the This Freaky Show shirt, all available right there. And you get it on t-shirts, posters, pillows, coffee mugs, uh, phone cases, and stuff like that. So much merchandise available for you guys at tpublic.com just by searching TFS. Make sure you follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, this freaking show. And let your friends know if they're not a fan of the show yet. They can hear us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean. Oh, God, am I missing one? Uh, Stitcher, Player FM. Uh, just by searching this freaking show. We're fucking everywhere. Just, just Google this freaking show. You'll find us all over the place. And if you have an iPhone or an iPad, you listen to your podcast on... Give us a five-star rating and five-star review on iTunes. That's it. As always, I am Travesty. And I'm Cartoon Joe. And thank you for listening to another episode of this freaking show. I'm out.